0: Uh, As I shared in Notices, we're so excited today to be starting our Big Five series, where we look at what we consider to be the most important aspects of our church, but also ultimately our individual lives. And there are, of course, many other things that are good things that we can value, many of them. But we do feel that those will fall under these five key values, and ultimately they'll fall under what we cover today Jesus. So as I shared, and you might have seen on the flyer, or maybe they got given to you before, there's five things that we want to look at. Today we're looking at Jesus, and obviously up there as well. Then we're looking at love, and how does that outwork itself. Then family, and what is family all about? Vibrancy, vibrancy, fullness of what God's doing in our lives, and finally service. So we're going to go through those, but those are five things that we think encapsulate everything we stand for as a church, and ultimately that as people, or people who are Christ followers, or thinking about being a Christ follower, should look to as well for example we hugely value the poor and caring about the poor as does jesus it's one of the the most important things we can care about but if we value jesus if we value service if we value love if we value family we're going to care about the poor anyway so we're not putting it as a key one but it's ultimately there we hugely value biblical preaching but if we value jesus if we value service we're really going to care about the Bible, we 're going to care about speaking that truthfully as well. So there's many other values we could look at, but those are the five that we think cover all of them. So today we 're starting with Jesus um, and valuing him above everything else. The reason why we chose this first is because I personally believe and as a team, we really believe that he is the value that stands head and shoulders above any other value we could ever have. There isn't really a comparison. We look at it and say, these are the five values, but in actual fact, Jesus is one far greater than any other value that we can look at. And actually, it's when we value Him that everything else flows on the back of it. But we're here to lift His name up today. So as a leadership team, we want to be about these and the other values that fall under them. We believe they're biblical. We believe they line up with God's heart. And if you're here today and you're exploring faith, I really believe that what we look at today and what we look at in the next fall will give you a great picture of what it means to be a Christ follower. They'll give you a great picture of what being a Christian is all about. Because there's many people who just say it. And in fact, when I used to travel to schools with Zambezi holidays, I'd go to many schools and in in an assembly, I'd say, great guys, how many of you guys here are Christians? And at a school like St. John's, you'd get about 400 who put up their hands. And the ones who definitely knew that I'm a Muslim or I'm a Hindu would keep their hands down. But all the rest would be like, "Mm, yeah, I'm not any of the others. So that's me. But that isn't the case at all. It isn't. And so we're here today to share and in the next few weeks about what does it really mean to be a Christ follower so all of us can be clear on that wherever we are on the journey of faith. We're always going to live out what we value. It's impossible not to live out what you value deep down in your heart because a value is something you hold so deeply. It's a belief that will inevitably work out in what you say, in what you think, in how you act. It's impossible not to. And so actually, for each of us, it's quite easy to take a step back in our lives, and if you look at what you think, if you look at what you speak, if you look at what you spend your resources on, your finances on, if you look at who you associate with, you can very easily see what you value. It isn't rocket science, so each of us can do that. And I thought that would be quite a good test for us to do while we're sitting in our chairs. Something I think you should do once you leave the service today. But just to think in your chairs, and it's going to be up there on the next slide. Think through these, and these will show you what you value most on life. So what do you think about most? What consumes your mind? If you look at an average 24-hour day or the last week or the last month, and you, you look at what have you thought about most, it's an indicator as to what you value most. It's an indicator. It shows us. Next one, how do you spend your time? Now, obviously, we, for many of us, there's, there's a vocation that we do. That means that for a certain period of the time, we're doing that. But in that, there's also obviously room and flexibility to focus on different things. But maybe it's your recreational time. Maybe it is your business time or your work time. But how do you spend it? What do you spend it on? Time is the one resource you can never get back. Money you can lose and you can gain. Friendships you can lose and you can gain. Time we never get back. So time is one of the greatest indicators of what we value most because we can never get it back. So we will spend our time on what is most valuable to us. So that's an interesting indicator for us. How you spend your wealth. Our monetary resources, we covered this in our Disciple Series. Money is something that has a huge hold on us and where we spend it shows what we value. Show what you value the most. Just look at your bank account. Look at it over the last month. It'll show you what you value most. Who you associate with. Who you spend time with. So obviously there's people who you have to spend time with. Maybe it's uh, you know, a teacher and it's the kids in your class for that year. You can't really out and leave. Well, you could. you lose your job. But uh, you couldn't send them off to the headmaster to get beaten every single day. They, you know, they'd start to question stuff. But there's people that you obviously have no option to not associate with in your sphere of life. But also there's the people that we choose to associate with and the people who we choose to associate with will demonstrate the type of people we value and if we're looking at it in a context of jesus if we look at the people that jesus associated with and the people that he spent time with it'll give us an indicator as well as if we value the people the same way that jesus values them who you spend time with does and finally what you talk about most because there's a number of biblical passages which just say out of the heart the mouth speaks so what we think on, what affects our mind, what affects our thought processes will come out in what we say. Will come out in what we say. So if you think on a lot of negative things all the time, your speech will become negative. has to happen. has to. Because what we fill our minds with, the, the mouth is the artwork. So if you analyze your speech and what you're saying on a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week basis, what you talk about, I'll give you an indicator of what's happening deep down. So as we go through the talk, think on that a bit but particularly as we head from here it'll give you a great indicator of what you value and maybe you've thought you valued some things but as you genuinely truly honestly analyze those five questions you'll see what you really value it's easy to think about and just say oh i value jesus of course i do i'm a christian but if you look at those five points and go do those five points show that i genuinely value god value jesus it might show a disconnect and so really do this honestly Do this openly. If your thoughts are consumed with your children's future, you know that that's a key value. If your wealth is primarily spent on brand new cars, you know that that's a value to you. If you talk about being safe and secure and that consumes what you talk about, safety is a key value in your life. So this will give you a good idea. And as we go through the next five weeks and on from there, I want you to keep gauging across going, okay, those five questions, how do those match up with what we're covering as we talk and let that impact you. This is going to be a challenging and a humbling exercise. It will, because we have great thoughts about ourselves. We too. And we often don't like to really get down to the nitty gritty of what we care about and what we live for. But this exercise will help you do that. So I want to challenge you to go deep. Don't just brush aside your life. Brush aside what you think about, what you spend your time with, but genuinely let God challenge you. And He'll do this whether you know Him or not today. That's the beauty of God. He pursues us more than we pursue Him. And so if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Him, or if you do, if you open up yourself and say, I want to see if these values match up, God will definitely speak. He will. He's that good to us. So we're looking at valuing Jesus today. And those five points will help you see if you really do. And if not, then I'd say there's just two questions that you can ask of yourself today. The first one is, is do I have a relationship with him? And so you might be here today and you might be clear that you don't. That's okay. I'm so glad that you're here. And I'm so glad that you're exploring him. But for some of you, you might have thought, I'm definitely a Christian. Just like the schoolboys that I speak to. But as you look at what I say and as you look at those questions, you suddenly see that there's a huge disconnect. You might just need to go, maybe I have thought that I'm a Christ follower, but actually I'm not amazing no better time to give your life to him if jesus is the primary value in your life it'll mean that you think about him a lot it'll mean that you spend time on things that he cares about it'll mean that you talk about him a lot because you want to it'll mean that you spend your money towards what jesus cares about it'll mean that you associate with people and have a heart for people that jesus cares about so it'll indicate to you what you value and i want you to think on that as we go through this Concentrating, exactly, and I hope being challenged as I am and as I was when I prepared. Great, as an aside, you'll also notice that we called this Jesus. Now we could have said we value God, but there's many people who say they value God. It's many. Many people will say God bless you. Many people say I follow God. But it's so interesting that Jesus is the differentiator. Jesus is God, as Christ follows, we believe He is completely God. But people of many, many other faiths say they believe in God, but not the Jesus that we believe in, not the God that we believe in. So we as Christ followers believe that Jesus Christ is fully God. He was crucified for our sin. He rose again. And that's unique to the Christian faith. Completely unique. Jesus does not fulfill that role. He's not considered God in any other faith. And so if you're concerned about going, but, but, but all faiths are the same. They all believe in the same thing. They don't. They don't believe in the same thing at all. They don't believe that Jesus is, the, is truly God and did give His life for you and me to have faith in Him. It's the line in the sand between Christians and all other faiths. It's the difference between grace and works. works. It's the difference between do and done. It really, truly is. There's a huge difference. And so no matter what people might have said to you in the past, don't believe it. There is an incredible difference between being a Christ follower and other faiths in terms of what we serve. In terms of what we believe. And so that's why we said Jesus. Because he truly does differentiate between all. So if you have your Bibles here today, I'd love you to turn to 1 Corinthians 2. And if you don't, it's going to be up on the screen. I want to read it together. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians written by a man called Paul. He was writing to the church in Corinth so it was a place he was writing to the church there it was a cosmopolitan city so it was probably a bit more like something like Cape Town cosmopolitan lots of different people from different um, backgrounds different faiths but I think we can apply to Harari at the same time Paul was someone who was incredibly studied in fact in his day he was probably one of the wisest in terms of Jewish scripture Um, he, he was a man who was incredibly knowledgeable but when he met Jesus Things changed in terms of what he thought was most important. Look at what he says here. 1 Corinthians 2 verses 1 to 5. He's talking about when he came to share his faith with the people in Corinth. And I, when I came to you brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech and wisdom. I didn't come with fancy words. I didn't come sounding cool and clever with amazing anecdotes. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus and Him crucified. I decided that the one thing that was most important in my life and is most important in my life is speaking about Jesus and what He did for me on the cross. There's many other things I could say, but this is what I hold to as my dearest thing. Verse 3, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in fancy plausible words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in wisdom of men, in what I have to say as Paul, in what I've been through, in my wise words, in my knowledge, but in the power of God. I just love it that Paul had every opportunity to make himself look great, he had every opportunity to brag about the fact that he probably knew the Torah off by heart, he had incredible ability to brag in many respects about the different churches he implanted, and what he had done, But he said, actually, when all is said and done, the one thing that matters is Jesus and his life, death, and resurrection. It's the one thing that holds it all together. Yes, I'm going to speak about other things, but the one key most important thing is that. That's why it was so exciting to hear Trish sharing about Alpha and us being able to do it, because that's what it's all about. Introducing people to the one most important thing, Jesus Christ. Paul said, I've decided in my life that Jesus and what he did for me on the cross will be it. He will be what I live my life by. I rest on him for my faith, for my life, for my power, for my strength. And those were not just words for Paul. He acted on it. And there was a great cost for him. None of you would have been here a few weeks ago when Glenn Miller shared. And in uh, in 2 Corinthians 11, it talks about just some of the physical trials Paul went through because he really believed that and he stuck to his guns on it. One of the things, and it just gets thrown out. It just says in 2 Corinthians 11 that he received five times the 40 lashes less one. And the reason why the Jews would lash people, they considered that 40 lashings would kill a man. And, and Glenn shared a few weeks ago that, that when you were lashed, it wasn't just like you know, a nice cane that you did at, at high school or, or, or just a whip. I mean, had a piece of bone and glass and things like that in it. So as you got whipped, you pulled out all the flesh and bones. And this happened to Jesus once. Happened to Jesus once before the cross. And if any of you watched the Passion, you would have seen how horrific that is. If not, I want to challenge you to watch the Passion. Because although it's a terrible thing to watch, it shows you the brutal truth of what Jesus went through for you and me. If you've never watched the Passion of the Christ, they say it's one of the most accurate depictions of what Jesus went through. But it happened to Paul five times. He went through what Jesus went through. He went through it five times this because he genuinely believed that jesus was who he said he was and he genuinely believed that jesus died and rose again for him he went through that five times and not just that there were many other things that he went through but paul didn't just say it it was a value in his life because he acted in it and he faced the consequences of it. it shows what you value it shows what you care about He valued Jesus more highly than his own life. But why? And the last little bit, the last few minutes, the last 15, I just wanted to look at four things that I believe probably led Paul to value Jesus more than anything else in his life. I'm going to unpack these a little bit. And I hope that they'll give you a picture as well of the fact that Jesus is worth you valuing above anything else in your life. He's worth it. And I hope these will help. The first one. I've done similar things align on this in the past, but I just couldn't, couldn't divert from then. The first one is his greatness. Paul had a real picture that Jesus wasn't just a man, but that he was the king of kings. That he truly was God who created everything in the flesh. And the question is, do we believe it today? Because if you do, and if you encounter the king of kings and you really deep down believe that Jesus is the one true God change everything in your life it has to be a belief deep down look at some of these verses that talk a little bit more in the bible about what i believe paul believed of him ephesians 1 verse 11 it says um, and paul wrote this as well it says that jesus he works out everything in the conformity in conformity with the purpose of his will what's it saying it's saying that nothing happens on earth without god allowing it nothing and in fact, you might look at it and say, but, but nothing surely can't be in control of everything. Well, if he wasn't, he wouldn't be God. He wouldn't be God. And so, actually, for me, it brings great confidence to go, I know that Jesus is in absolute control of everything that happens in my life. It's not naive, it's truth. Colossians 1, verse 16 to 17, it says the same thing in different words For by him, Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones, or presidents, or nations, or dominions, or rulers, or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before everything, all things, and in him all things hold together. That speaks of greatness. That speaks of greatness. One of the reasons why Paul could believe what he did, why he went through, excuse me, what he did, is because he truly believed that. And so for him... It wasn't a question of, is this God, isn't it? It was a question of, of course He is. And so for me, I can go through these things for Him. Jesus was there before it all began. He's here with us now in this room. He'll be there at the end of this world and forever into the next. He rules supreme over every government, over every leader, over every national natural disaster, everything that has happened and will happen in this world. And for that reason, He should be supremely valued. For that reason alone, for His greatness. He should be supremely valued. Next one. His holiness. Next one, his holiness. Paul truly believed that God was interested in holiness. And that was the necessity and the need for Jesus to die on the cross. If you don't believe that God is holy... And if you don't believe that there's anything wrong in your life, then you're never going to believe that you need what He did for you on the cross. My folks just um, have been in England and talking to family and friends. One of the conversations that they had, we were praying as a family, and they really went across going, we, we want to share the truth of who Jesus is to us, who we come into contact with. And one of the conversations that they had with a family member was along the lines of, of the family member saying that, I, you know, I, I believe that... You know, definitely bad people in the world, something needs to happen to them. And there's justice, and there is a God somewhere, and he will sort it out. And then for those of us who are good people, it's okay. <laughs> we, we don't really need to think about anything else. We just, if we're good, upright citizens, if we're just good people, that's, that's okay. Things are going to turn out okay in the end. And I think that's the case for many people, because it's almost easier to have that belief than to consider that you might actually need some help in getting close to God. It's almost easier to think we can do it on our own. To think that there are worse people and, and that person is a bad person. But I, I'm actually not that bad in myself. And so I, I kind of think that I can do things on my own without the need for God. And, and that's kind of how, how it can come across. But the reality is, is that for me standing here, whilst I might think that I'm quite an upright citizen, <laughs> If you chatted to Sarah and others who knew me closer, you would would think different. But you might look on and go, oh, Craig, I'm sure he's not a bad guy. I mean, he's helping lead harvest. But I know without a shadow of a doubt that on my own merit, I cannot stand before the king of kings who cannot be in the presence of sin. I cannot stand before him and say, God, you should accept me because of who I am. I know I can't because I know he's that holy. I, I, I really do. I know he's that holy. Look at a few verses. 1 Samuel 2, verse 2. There is none holy like God, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. So the writer there is saying that none of us get anywhere close to God's holiness. There may be differing levels to us. We might look at some and say, oh, that person's pretty good. That person's really bad. But when compared to God's holiness up here, no one gets close. It doesn't matter how good we are. Isaiah 6, verse 3. And one called to another, this is talking about the angels, and they said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And interestingly enough, in ancient Hebrew, something three times didn't make sense. So basically, if if something was pure, you would almost say in the Hebrew language, pure, pure, sort of what you would say. But actually, you would never say anything three times. It doesn't make sense in Hebrew language. And what the writer is getting here is he's getting across the fact that god doesn't make sense his holiness is that great that it doesn't really fit into our language set interesting thing in the hebrew holiness is difficult to to define but it refers to the complete otherness of god from us he is total perfection he's total perfection and there's not one of us who if we could have a dvd of our life the last month everything we've thought and done unless you're really good maybe some of you in this room are that good I wouldn't want it, would be happy for us to put it up to play and for all of us to watch it like a movie. Everything we've thought and everything we've said over the last month, I'd be out of here like a shot. And I don't think there's any of us, no matter how good we are, who'd be like, I'd be happy for everyone to know everything I've thought in the last month. Proves the fact that we aren't as close to God as we think. God is so holy, he cannot be in the presence of one ounce of sin. He's so completely holy that whether we tell a lie, swear at someone, or commit murder, the position it puts us in in relation to His holiness is the same. We look at it on a humanly scale. We don't match it up with His scale. God doesn't look at levels of sin. He looks at any sin. People often say about the Christian faith, how is it possible to follow a God who punishes sin? I would say very easily in fact i'd say i wouldn't want to follow a god who doesn't the problem is is we just don't want to look inwards and for him to punish our sin we're happy for him to to look outwards and look at others it's just that when we look inwards we always have a far greater perspective of ourselves than we do of others we all want justice we all want truth we're very happy for the finger to be pointed at others but not at us We shouldn't compare ourselves to others, but to the God of complete holiness. We so often underestimate God's holiness when we overestimate our goodness. But God's not only great, He's holy. But He didn't stop at that, because if He was just great and holy, and He left us in our sin, I would say, yes, He isn't a very nice God. But He never did that. In fact, He made a way for us to know Him, which proves He's not only great, He's not only holy, but it proves that He's loving. And love is like the supreme virtue. More songs are written about love. More things are written about love than anything else. We all really value love. Something we all want. Something that we show. But it's something ultimately that we learn from Jesus. And so his kindness. Third thing. His kindness. This is what I believe led Paul to say. I value Jesus and him crucified above everything else. Not just that he's great. Not just that he's holy. But that he's kind. Romans 5 verse 8. But God shows his love for us in this. That while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Whilst we were far from him. Whilst we weren't even in existence yet. He hatched a plan to die. So that we would be acceptable in light of his holiness. By what Jesus did on the cross. 1 John 4 verse 10. And this is love. Not that we have loved God. But that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation or the payment for our sins. A sin that we could never pay on our own. And I know me standing before Jesus, if he was like Craig, the things that you thought and the things that you said, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't be in your presence because of those. I know that I couldn't make a plan on my own to say, oh, but Jesus, you know, it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do better in the next week. I know it wouldn't. I know that I need someone to rely on. Someone who is perfect. who started in my place. God's goodness, His kindness, and His love are astonishing. It costs us nothing, but it cost Him everything on the cross. And this is the differentiator of the Christian faith to any others. It's do versus done. Any other faith, any other faith, is about what we have to do to get into a place of making it to paradise, of being accepted by Allah. We have to do stuff. We have to do it on our own. It's about us. The Christian faith is the only one where it gets done for us as a free gift it's the only one there is no other faith in the world that relies upon god's goodness and grace all of other faiths rely on our own merit christian faith is the only one that relies on the free gift of forgiveness on the cross what jesus did for us is kindness is undeserved but we have it we can't do anything to earn it we can only receive it there's no sin that god won't forgive there's no life that's been too far destroyed He pursues us with His love into the darkest places and into the darkest hearts. It's unfathomable, it's uncontainable, it's unimaginable. But it's true, and it's there for each of us if we would take it. It's there for each of us if we would take it. The unbelievable part of Jesus and Him crucified, the the gospel, the good news, is that we are worse than we ever thought. That God is more kind and loving than we could ever imagine. That's why Jesus is supremely valuable to each of us the final thing as I close what value Jesus gives is a clear purpose it was a great it was great praying here um, for the timbers heading off again to varsity and we can often sit and look and go what's what's my what, what, what should I be doing in life what's my purpose what am I about why am I here we can get tangled up in that Look at this amazing verse, Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says, for we are Jesus' workmanship. He's made us, he's created us. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amazing verse for us to know that Jesus has created our lives with purpose for the time that we have on earth. He's where we find our purpose. We won't find it any other way. Yes, we can find moments of satisfaction. We can find bursts of success that give us temporary highs. But long-term purpose, when we're lying in our beds at night, going, what is this all for? We find that in Him. We find it in Him. We often get tangled up in what our unique purpose is on earth and how we use our gifts and abilities. But those are really tools to just show the world how great He is our vocation, what we do, what we're good at. Those are the blessings of God that we get to do on earth and we get to enjoy for the purpose of pointing people to Him. To show people, to show Jesus to the world. That's our purpose regardless of our vocation, regardless of our income bracket, regardless of where we live. It's to each and every day ask the Lord to help us show the world that they really need to know the Jesus who's great, who's holy, who's kind, and who gives a real purpose. There's so many things that we hear about and see that stir up emotions within us. But we'll only do something about them if we value, if what we value leads us to action. Otherwise, they'll just be great thoughts. And I've been so challenged this last week, and then I'll pray on the back of it as a Christ follower. I know it's been on fine. Some of you might know it. And uh, there, was, there was someone at a place called Jamtree down the road who sort of drove through the boom. I think they were drunk and then they crashed into a car or something. And they've got the number plate, but they can't find this person. They can't find them. And actually, as I hear that, what stirs within me is, yes, it isn't right, that person needs to come forward. But beneath the, surfer, the surface is what actually is leading the person to live the way that they're leading. What brokenness in their life is leading to live the way that they're leading. And that they actually desperately need to know Jesus. I wish I knew who the person was. So I could chat to them and say there's something greater to live for. We hear of hurricanes that are wreaking havoc in different countries. And do we actually stop in our day to really pray. That God moves. That God saves. That God protects. Do we really care? Do we really believe he's that great? That he can intervene. I hope that you're praying. I hear in Zimbabwe, terrible stories of over one and a half million orphans, many people starving, and it looks almost too big to solve. But I just hear Jesus saying to me, Craig, will you be involved? If you value me, will you be involved in the smallest of ways in showing my love to the least of these? I drive along Churchill Road often. It's close to our offices. And as I drive there, there's a cross that some of you might have seen on the side of the road where a young girl lost her life after a night of partying. Breaks my heart. And each time I drive past there, I feel the Lord asking me the question of, Craig, do you care enough about the lost and broken in the city that that you would share me with them? That you share me with them before it's too late? Do you value me highly enough? That you'd be prepared to walk across the room in a coffee shop if I told you, that you're prepared to share with a work colleague the truth of who I am to you and the fact that I am great and that I'm holy, but I'm immensely kind the lord challenge me on that often friends i want to see our suburbs our families our city our nation and this world reached with the power and love of christ and i believe jesus is asking us as a church and he's asking us individually this morning do we value him enough to show them do we value them enough to show them let's pray Lord Jesus, there's many things that we can value in life. Not necessarily bad things. We can value family, that's great. We can value holidays, that's great. We can value work, that's excellent. We can value our, our kids, that's great. We can value career, there's nothing wrong with valuing things. But Lord Jesus, the problem comes when we value them above you. And the problem comes more so because we miss out on the life that you've called us to because actually all values stem and flow out of the one greatest value which is you King Jesus Lord Jesus wherever we are today in this room whether we're exploring faith whether we are been Christ followers for a long time but maybe our lives have become a bit stale and maybe the place of you in the throne has changed a bit Or maybe we know we're pursuing you with everything. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak. Jesus, for those sitting here today who've come with a lot of questions. Is there only one God? Is there only one way to heaven? What way do I gain purpose on life? What about tough things in the world? Lord, the only answer we find that in is you. And I ask that you would speak. That you would touch hearts right now. The hearts of those exploring. Lord, for those of us here today who we've just diverted our gaze. What we value if we look at those five questions of what we think about, what we speak about, who we associate with, where we spend our resources, where we spend our time. As we think on those, we can pretty pretty clearly see that, that you aren't the greatest priority. Holy Spirit, please challenge us right now. And bring discomfort, Because actually, if we just feel comfortable, Lord, we're never going to grow closer to you. So you might sort of feel a bit like squirming in your seats. As the Holy Spirit just pushes on a few areas in your life. And He says, actually, you're valuing that above me. Actually, that's more important than me. And actually, until you realize that I'm the one key value. There's going to be a disconnect and you're going to be frustrated and you're going to be annoyed because you're placing value on things that shouldn't be valued in face of me. So let God challenge you. Don't run away from the challenge, but, but go deeper. Let Him challenge you where you're at. And Finally, Lord Jesus, as a church, I ask that you would use us to display you to this city. That you would use us individually to show the wonder of who you are. The great king, the holy king, the loving and kind king. The one who gives us purpose. That you would help us to show that to all around. That we would see a huge impact that we can have in the city and beyond as a result of valuing you above anything else. your amazing name we pray. Amen. Amen.